This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Tuesday, July 7th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Galley. Here's today's headlines. SBA discloses farm beneficiaries of PPP. House looks to increase ag inspectors and states stumble with SNAP errors. Before we begin this morning, please note, we've learned that the Daybreak audio file is not playing correctly on Apple iPhones over the past few days. We are working to correct this problem. In the meantime, we'd encourage you to listen on non-Apple products like Android phones and the Firefox browser. Now to the news. Dairy farms among major PPP loan recipients. The Trump administration has released data on the businesses, including farms, that received forgivable loans under the Paycheck Protection Program created by Congress in an effort to keep people employed during the COVID-19 crisis. Some 1,517 dairy farms received PPP loans worth at least $150,000. That according to AgriPulse analysis of the data. Some 425 beef cattle ranches or feedlots also received loans of more than $150,000. Also on the list with the 150,000 plus loans are 33 orange groves, 153 apple orchards, 189 vineyards, 206 potato farms, and 407 producers of other types of vegetables. Now keep in mind, PPP loans can be forgiven if recipients spent at least 60% of the proceeds on payroll. Businesses have until August 8th to apply for the loans. Some $130 billion remains unallocated from the $670 billion Congress allocated for the program. Now, in full disclosure, AgriPulse Communications Incorporated is owned by editor Sarah Wyatt. The small media company applied for and received a PPP loan. House committee moving more FY21 bills. The House Agriculture Appropriations Subcommittee yesterday uh, approved its fiscal 2021 spending bill, which includes more than a billion in new funding for rural broadband expansion. The full appropriations committee will debate amendments to the bill on Thursday. The committee also has released a series of other draft bills that contain provisions important to agriculture, homeland security. This draft bill includes $30 million for 200 new agriculture inspection specialists at the U.S. Customs and Border Protection. These are personnel charged with keeping animal and plant pests out of the country. Interior Environment The bill to fund the Interior Department and EPA includes $555 million for EPA programs to restore the Great Lakes and Chesapeake Bay and other coastal areas. The Trump administration has been trying to zero out or significantly reduce funding for those programs, arguing that other EPA programs provide sufficient funding to tackle water quality. The Interior Environment Bill also would stop implementation of a controversial Clean Water Act rule designed to narrow the circumstances under which states can block CWA permits using their Section 401 Water Quality Certification Authority. Energy and Water. 
This draft bill would provide $7.6 billion to the Army Corps of Engineers in FY21, $1.7 billion more than the White House requested. Harbor projects would receive nearly $1.7 billion, an increase of $50 million from FY20, and $665 million more than the White House requested. SNAP error rates up again. The error rate for determining benefits under the Supplemental Attrition Assistance Program grew to nearly 7.4% nationwide in fiscal 19, according to USDA. That's up from a rate of 6.8% in FY18, 6.3% in FY17. USDA will be issuing nearly $43.5 million in sanctions to 12 states with the highest error rates. Rhode Island by far had the highest rate nationally in FY19 at nearly 23%. Maine was next at 19%. Slaughter slowdowns hammer U.S. beef exports. U.S. beef exports plunged 33% in May to the lowest monthly volume in the last decade amid the slowdown in processing. That according to an analysis by the U.S. Meat Export Federation. The drop in total export volume came despite shipments to Hong Kong and China being higher than a year ago. U.S. MEF President and CEO Dan Hallstrom said as protective measures related to COVID-19 were being implemented, plant disruptions peaked in early May with a corresponding temporary slowdown in exports. Unfortunately, the impact was quite severe, especially on the beef side. Dry weather threatens top corn-producing states. A large area of abnormally dry weather could threaten early-planted crops in the eastern corn belt as the growing season moves on. USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey tells AgriPulse that abnormal dryness is setting over parts of Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, and Michigan. We still see corn and soybeans more than two-thirds rated good to excellent. But at the same time, there are some lower condition crops of the eastern corn belt that have seen some imperfections in the growing season, Rippey said. Both the U.S. corn and soybean crops are rated 71% good to excellent, according to USDA. Compared to last year at this time, the corn crop was 57% good to excellent and soybeans were 53% good to excellent. Legality of the BLM nomination challenged. An environmental watchdog group alleges that William Perry Penley's nomination as director of the Bureau of Land Management is illegal under the Federal Vacancies Reform Act. The group Peer for Public Employees for Environmental Responsibility says in a supplemental complaint filed in federal court that Penley is ineligible because he's currently acting as BLM director and has been for nearly a year. Peer also contends that Penley can't implement the Federal Land Policy and Management Act, which governs the way BLM lands are managed. The law requires the director to, quote, have a broad background and substantial experience in public land and natural resource management. Before moving to BLM, Penley headed up Mountain States Legal Foundation, which sued BLM and other agencies over land management policy. 
The Interior Department website says he has, quote, decades of experience in federal land management policy. GAO questions corporate climate reporting. Differences in the ways companies disclose climate change emissions are making it difficult to compare the performance of businesses with one another. The Government Accountability Office said in a report released yesterday. For example, most companies combine carbon dioxide and other greenhouse gases when reporting emission data, but few reported carbon dioxide emissions alone, according to GAO. In addition, companies are using different ways to calculate emissions and other activities. Companies use different base years when calculating their reduction in greenhouse gas emissions, limiting their comparability. There also is a lack of consensus about what should be reported, according to GAO. Here's today's He Said It. This will be something that will really help with COVID-19 and trying to make sure that our children are educated across the country. That Representative Robert Aderholt, member of the House Agriculture Appropriations Subcommittee on the importance of increased funding for rural broadband. Well, that's Daybreak for this Tuesday, July 7th. Brought to you by Watkinson Miller and Dairy Management Incorporated. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Dowling.